section fifty two of mysteries of london volume four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org mysteries of london volume four by george w m reynolds mrs mortimer's adventures continued the individual alluded to was a man of middle height of rather spare form and slightly bowed so that although his years in reality had scarcely numbered sixty a casual beholder might have pronounced him to be above seventy a closer observation would however have dispelled this first impression for his features were handsome and well preserved his teeth remarkably fine and his hands entirely free from those wrinkles which usually appear upon the fingers of persons in the winter of their existence his hair was of that iron grey which showed that it still retained a faint shade of its former blackness and baldness had not even begun to rob him of any part of that natural covering he wore no whiskers and his countenance was smooth but pale in a word his frame still preserved much of its pristine vigour though its spareness and the slightly curved back were calculated as above mentioned to impress a casual observer with the idea that the individual whom we are describing was older than in reality he was we have said that his features were handsome and we should now state that their general expression was pleasing conciliating and agreeable amiability of disposition generosity of heart and an acquaintance with affliction were easily read upon that calm pensive countenance but commingled therewith was an air of serene dignity which bespoke a consciousness of some kind of superiority whether of rank wealth or intellect could not however be immediately decided by the observer at all events the person whom we have now introduced to our readers was not one to be passed by with indifference nor confounded with the ordinary mass of mankind we must however explain that he was rather characterized by a distinguished air of good breeding and consummate politeness than by aristocratic hauteur at the same time there was so much dignity and loftiness about him as to debar even the most obtrusive and unceremonious from taking advantage of that blandness of disposition which was expressed by the countenance we have only to add that he was dressed with taste if not elegance and the reader has before him as perfect a picture as we can draw of the personal appearance of the individual who now entered the parlour of the cottage the moment he had crossed the threshold of the room agnes sprang towards him saying my dearest father i am delighted to see you but let me hope that nothing unpleasant has caused this late visit and as she spoke she embraced with almost infantine tenderness the parent who affectionately returned her caresses nothing unpleasant my dear child was the reply and then the young maiden's father cast an inquiring glance towards mrs mortimer this lady said agnes is the widow of a general who recently died in india and having herself occupied the cottage many years ago she felt anxious on her return to england to visit the place which had so many pleasing and some melancholy associations for her the lady is most welcome observed the gentleman and her name 
is mrs mortimer added agnes then with ingenuous affability she said turning to the old woman madam permit me to introduce my beloved father mr vernon but mr vernon bowed coldly and even eyed the visitor suspiciously as he observed i was not aware that any general officer bearing the name of mortimer had recently died in india my deceased husband said the old woman with admirable presence of mind was not in the english service he was in that of the honourable east india company i was not aware repeated mr vernon still in the same chilling tone that there were general officers in the service of the east india company madam he continued now fixing his gaze sternly upon her wherefore have you come hither on what pretence have you intruded yourself upon the sacred privacy of my daughter the motive was the one which miss vernon has explained to you sir replied mrs mortimer whose self-possession had been for a few moments considerably disturbed by the confident manner in which the young lady's father had exposed her second falsehood then if that motive were really the true one madam he said his sternness again changing to freezing politeness your object is probably gained by this time and as it is now ten o'clock you will perhaps have the kindness to leave me with my daughter oh assuredly sir exclaimed mrs mortimer glad of an opportunity to escape from the house and mr vernon with constrained courtesy hastened to open the door to afford her egress the old woman breathed more freely when she was once more outside the walls of the cottage for the sudden advent of the young maiden's father had not a little embarrassed even if it had not altogether discomfited her but no sooner was she in the open air when she began to ask herself a thousand questions as she retraced her way up the lane what meant the mystery which evidently hung around the present occupant of the cottage wherefore did that charming creature dwell there alone why was her father only a visitor instead of being a resident at his daughter's abode and for what aim or through what motive was so fair a flower buried in such seclusion that agnes was indeed the pure innocent artless creature which she appeared to be the old crone was sure too well acquainted with the world was mrs mortimer not to perceive that the ingenuous naivete of the young girl was real and natural and not artificial and assumed for an instant the impure imagination of the wretch had suggested that miss vernon might only be the pensioned mistress of some wealthy individual but in another moment that hypothesis was altogether discarded no agnes was not tainted with even the slightest faintest shade of immorality her mind was innocence itself and her chastity as unblemished as the driven snow even the old woman whose life had been so tremendously dissolute was compelled to embrace this conviction but the very experience which she herself had gained in the sphere of licentiousness dissimulation and guile helped mrs mortimer to arrive at that unquestionable conclusion who and what then was agnes vernon who and what was her father mrs mortimer was a person having an eye to her own individual advantage in every circumstance which coming under her cognizance seemed to present a chance of affording scope for her selfish interested sinister interference wherever a mystery appeared there she beheld an opportunity for her officious meddling this officious meddling led to the discovery of secrets and to the eliciting of revelations and the information thus gleaned became a sort of marketable commodity with mrs mortimer in a word she would seek to gain the confidence of those who had matters of importance to communicate so that she might subsequently render herself so useful as to deserve payment or at all events acquire the position of one who could exact a good price 
for her secrecy respecting the thing so imprudently entrusted to her calculations in accordance with this disposition on her part and having reference to the cottage which she had just left were passing in her mind as she sped along the lane when midway in that narrow thoroughfare she was overtaken by someone who had hurried after her but whose footsteps she had not heard in the preoccupation of her thoughts until they were close behind her she stepped turned round and beheld by the bright starlight a tall young gentleman apparently handsome so far as she could distinguish his features and dressed in an elegant style pardon me my good woman said he for addressing you but observing that you came from the cottage yonder yes sir i did interrupted mrs mortimer who in her eagerness to learn the motive of the young gentleman's accosting her gave him encouragement to proceed tell me said he speaking with an equal impatience tell me do you know the beautiful creature who dwells in that seclusion but of course you must know her you have been there perhaps in her company i have only just left her presence observed mrs mortimer and you are well acquainted with her then cried the young gentleman eagerly perfectly well was the answer but wherefore these questions oh if i could trust you ejaculated the stranger in a tone that alike proffered and invited confidence you can you may said the old woman impressively if i were assured of that i would reward you well was his next remark how can i prove that i am trustworthy demanded mrs mortimer by telling me all you know concerning the beauteous creature who resides in that strange seclusion responded the young gentleman then you yourself know nothing of her or of her affairs said the old woman interrogatively nothing absolutely nothing save and except that she is the most lovely being that mortal eyes ever beheld you are not even aware that she has resided there for these three years past observed mrs mortimer assuming a mysterious tone as if about to become more communicative yes that fact i have learnt replied the young gentleman and also that her name is agnes vernon i have moreover ascertained that an elderly gentleman visits her occasionally and i have sometimes harboured the worst fears but no no he exclaimed suddenly interrupting himself and speaking in an impassioned tone such suspicions are no doubt foully injurious to that charming creature i have contemplated her myself being unseen for hours together when she has been walking in her garden and purity innocence artlessness are written upon her spotless brow traced in every lineament of her bewitching countenance oh if i could only obtain the assurance that the old man who thus visits her were a relation a guardian or a valued friend that he is nothing more to her than i can relieve you of this suspense sir said mrs mortimer and thereby give you a proof of my readiness to assist you the elderly gentleman whom you have seen visiting at that cottage and who indeed is there at this moment yes yes i saw him enter exclaimed the young man impatiently but who is he her father answered mrs mortimer her father repeated the stranger oh that is scarcely probable you are deceiving me you are pretending to give me explanations relative to mysteries which are likewise enigmas to you or you are purposely deluding me her father impossible what would a parent leave his daughter and that daughter so transcendently lovely to dwell in such utter seclusion such is indeed the case sir interrupted mrs mortimer and i have little cause to thank you for thus boldly and even insolently accusing me of wilfully deceiving you and as she thus spoke the old woman moved rapidly away well knowing that the young gentleman would not part with her in this manner stop one minute stay i beseech you and pardon me he exclaimed hastening after her i was wrong to address you in such a style i insulted you grossly and i crave your forgiveness but i was bewildered with the intelligence you gave me mingled joy and surprise deprived me as it were of my reason i imagined the information to be too welcome and too extraordinary to be true 
and yet you ere now sought to persuade yourself that agnes vernon was chaste and pure though you were then ignorant of the connection subsisting between herself and the elderly gentleman who visits her a connection which previously to the explanation i have given you must at least have appeared suspicious and calculated to raise the most serious misgivings in your breast i admit that my conduct is most inconsistent exclaimed the young gentleman in answer to these reproachful words but i love agnes vernon i adore her i worship the very ground upon which she treads and you have never yet spoken to her asked the old woman i have never dared to intrude myself so far upon her notice was the reply and yet she has seen me frequently in the neighbourhood but she never gave you the least encouragement sir interrupted mrs mortimer as if making an assertion instead of throwing out a remark for the sake of gleaning information never never exclaimed the young man and therefore did i think so well of her character in spite of the suspicious circumstances attending her seclusion you have then the vanity to suppose that if the beautiful agnes could have smiled upon any man you were destined to be that happy one and as mrs mortimer made this remark her voice assumed a somewhat caustic tone oh you have misunderstood my words cried the stranger i intended to have you infer that i had never seen anything in the demeanour and deportment of agnes vernon save what is becoming to a young lady of good birth genteel breeding and taintless soul at the same time he added proudly i flatter myself that there is nothing particularly disagreeable in my personal appearance as there is assuredly everything favourable in my social position but of this agnes is ignorant and i am desirous to obtain an interview with her or to write her in a respectful manner and what has hitherto prevented you from doing either asked mrs mortimer i have already told you that i dared not accost her often and often have i longed to burst through the green hedge which has concealed me from her view and throw myself at her feet but an invisible hand has restrained me and i have experienced a species of awe for which i could not account and which has made me feel as if i were in the vicinity of a goddess then as to writing to her continued the impassioned young man i was once bold enough to commit a few words to paper and i endeavoured to persuade the young servant-girl to give the note to her mistress and she treated you with contempt said mrs mortimer anticipating the fate of the billet from the fact that jane the pretty domestic has so indignantly rejected her own proffer of five shillings you have guessed rightly and now i am more than ever convinced that you are well acquainted with the honest upright disinterested character of the dwellers in that cottage said the young gentleman mrs mortimer remained silent for a few minutes she was absorbed in thought should she enter into this new affair which seemed almost to force itself upon her or had she not enough already upon her hands she had promised to rejoin her daughter laura by a particular day in paris and there was not much time to lose nevertheless she had a good week or even more at her disposal providing that she was speedily successful in tracing out torrens and all things duly considered she fancied that she might as well undertake a business which promised remuneration and which would probably place her in a condition to learn secrets and dive into mysteries a knowledge of which might prove serviceable in the hands of such an intriguing mercenary disposition as her own moreover the larger were her own special resources the greater was her independence in respect to her rebellious daughter and therefore after a short interval passed in deep reflection she said sir i am both ready and able to serve you but my time is precious now and will be so for a short time to come five days hence i will attend to any appointment that you may name i will give you my card said the young gentleman and i shall expect you to call upon me in the evening of the fifth day from this date agreed ejaculated the old woman as she received the card 
my name is mortimer and although you do not address me as becomes my position i can assure you that i am a lady by birth education and she was about to say conduct but the young gentleman interrupted her timorously enough though unwittingly on his part to prevent her giving utterance to the atrocious lie for he observed as he thrust his purse into her hand pardon me madam if i have not behaved courteously towards you but i presume that your circumstances are not as flourishing as they ought to be and gold is no object to me five days hence we meet till then farewell and without waiting for any reply he hurried away mrs mortimer followed along the lane not with any purpose of watching him but simply because her own route lay in the same direction the echoes of his retreating steps however soon died in the distance and the old woman sped along until she reached that public-house where as the reader may remember tom rain and clarence villiers met on the night of the elopement nearly twenty years before approaching the window whence a bright glare streamed forth mrs mortimer examined the card that had been placed in her hands and to her astonishment found that the hero of her most recent adventure was lord william trevelyan and that his residence was in park square she knew enough of the english peerage to be well aware that the nobleman whom chance had thus thrown in her way was the second son of the marquis of curzon a peer of immense wealth and who permitted his three male children all fine young men to enjoy each a separate establishment for himself for which purpose he allowed them handsome incomes mrs mortimer was therefore well pleased at the encounter which she had that evening made and in more ways than one was she rejoiced at having visited the cottage in the neighbourhood of streatham especially as the purse which lord william had given her contained thirty guineas an omnibus passing at this moment the old woman entered the vehicle and alighted in the borough she was speeding homeward that is to say to the coffee-house where she had fixed her temporary abode when as she was threading a narrow street that offered her a short cut to the place of destination she was suddenly struck by the certainty that a man who was walking slowly in advance and whom she had nearly overtaken was neither more nor less than the object of her search for as he had turned to cast a rapid stealthy glance around the light of a lamp had beamed fully upon his countenance and that countenance altered though it were was too well known to the old woman not to be immediately recognized yes there indeed was torrens there in her power within a few paces of her and thus had accident once more materially served his malignant evil-intentioned pursuer mrs mortimer was so excited by this sudden discovery that she was compelled to pause for a moment and lean against a wall for support but almost immediately afterwards recovering her energy and presence of mind she hastened on and came near enough up with torrents to behold him enter a house of mean and miserable appearance now you are in my power muttered the old woman to herself but in reality apostrophizing the individual who was still her husband and without another moment's hesitation she knocked at the door of the dwelling some minutes elapsed before it was opened and at length a dirty slipshod drab of a girl made her appearance i wish to speak to the man who has just entered here said mrs mortimer unceremoniously pushing her way into the narrow dark and unpleasantly smelling passage oh you means old mr smith what lives downstairs i des say observed the girl i've no doubt of it returned mrs mortimer officiously closing the street door come my dear show me the way and i will give you sixpence for yourself this promise acted like magic upon the girl who forthwith fetched a lighted candle from a room opening from the passage and conducted the old woman to a precipitate flight of steps down which she pointed saying there right at the bottom the door faces you mrs mortimer placed the promised gratuity in her hand and the girl held the candle high up to light her as she descended that will do my dear 
said the old woman when she had reached the last step of the dangerous flight and the girl disappeared leaving the place in utter darkness before the candle had been thus removed however mrs mortimer had hastily reconnoitred the locality and applying her hand to a latch she opened a door and in another moment found herself in the presence of her husband End of section fifty two